myself today on the Thursday edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll see if Heath can follow directions and not make it true-false. I, I have my doubts. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Chris Towers. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, at Heath Cummings Sr., Heath Cummings SR, and at C Towers CBS. Also, Scott is at CBS Scott White. Buy or sell. Yesterday was the most action-packed, event-filled, baseballiest day of the year. Sell. Oh, you yeah. said sell. I don't I know. I actually didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of baseball yesterday. I, you know, I watched the, I watched enough, but man, you had, you had some double dongers. You had closer news. You've got. Don't you dare go any further without saying Jason Vargas. You've got Vargas. You've got Amir Garrett striking out 12 Orioles. Kyle Hendricks velocity. Dallas Keuchel being great again. I mean, I, this was. This was a uh, someday, and for all of you listeners out there, you have to listen to the entire show. If you don't listen to the entire show, we're going to be very upset with you because it's, it is a very important show. So all of that baseball, and you still had time to besmirch the name of Fuller House. Oh my gosh! Yeah, did you know? Did everybody out there know that Heath actually liked the show Fuller House? Everybody, you didn't. You don't need to put a, a past tense on that. I still like it. Yeah, well, that's that's a bad thing. All right, buy or sell. Let's do buy or sell part one. And these are some from me, some from the listeners. We'll have more later in the show. Buy or sell. Aaron Judge. I've been trying to get this going on Twitter. It's not working. Aaron Judge will soon be called Hank Aaron Judge. Sell. Sell hard. Hard sell. <laughs> okay, uh, but you know he's pretty good. Uh, we're so far. Would you rather have Aaron Judge or Corey Dickerson? Judge. Judge. All right, buy or sell. Trevor Rosenthal will be the Cardinals' closer within a month. Sell. Well, I I think, you know, Sengwano's had a couple of bad weeks, and Trevor Rosenthal's never looked shaky for any amount of time within the last two weeks. So I I think you have to sell it. You obviously sell it. It's still Trevor Rosenthal. Come on. Okay, it's Trevor Rosenthal, but let's, let's just discuss what Trevor Rosenthal is doing and, and what happened yesterday because he got the save, Senwano was unavailable, and O's been struggling a little bit, and his, O's velocity is down, is that correct? I think it's down a tick. Okay. Rosenthal, meanwhile, is throwing 98 regularly, getting up to 100 miles per hour, and he's throwing a lot of strikes. He's throwing, as of now, 72% strikes, which won't last, but that's the best he's ever done, and he hasn't walked a batter and that's been the reason that Rosenthal's been bad in the past. Is his walks have just been crazy. Uh, but he's this is a guy with two forty-five save seasons. And if he's got his control figured out, then he's going to be a better pitcher than Senwano, in my you, opinion. Here's the thing. I, no, see, like I I don't see any reason to believe that. Like, if he just magically fixed his control, he's going to be a better pitch. Like, because that that requires two different assumptions that both have to be correct. That requires Trevor Rosenthal has dramatically improved. Because the 45 saves, that's not like he saved 45 games because he's so good. Do you remember he how good he was? He saved 45 games because he was on a good team. Yeah, he had you... some, he had one really good year and one kind of okay year. Uh, I mean, okay, these were Trevor Rosenthal's ERAs in three seasons in which he pitched 68 or more innings. 263, 320, 210. Mm-hmm. That's a good pitcher. Kind of. He had he had two really good years and one. Uh, and year. really, he had one one year where he had a one point one whip. Yeah. Uh, with the what was it two six zero ERA? Yeah. Two six three two zero ERA. He had a one four one whip. The two one zero ERA. He had a one two seven whip. So what, yeah. I'll, what I'll say Walks. about Rosenthal: if you're in and only, he should be owned. If you're in sure. a roto league and you're going with the reliever heavy strategy, he's a guy that I would add. All right. He has a negative 1.28 FIP. Uh, that, <laughs> so, that's really good. That is very good. And so he's zero scoring ERA. runs with how well he's pitching right now. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's a 270 ERA. He gave up a run. Okay, so you guys aren't buying into Dr- Rosenthal yet. Um, Justin Wilson or Alex Wilson will be the Detroit closer within a month. Buy or sell? Sell. Yeah. Okay. Now, K-Rod did what he does. He got into a jam. He had the bases loaded. Should have gotten out of it with an inning-ending, game-winning double play. Uh, but Iglesias tripped over second base, threw the ball away, two runs scored, and the Tigers lost, and Rodriguez blew the save. But uh, there are big velocity concerns there, right? Uh, he has lost about a mile and a half uh, per hour on his fastball. 
Okay, yeah, that's not good, but but you're still selling that. Um, Will's, Justin Wilson, by the way, has been great this year. He is a lefty, so I don't know if that would have any any effect on on that. But, okay, I'm just giving everybody some names to consider if you're desperate for a closer. So, buy or sell from Kevin. JT Realmuto finishes as a top three catcher. Sell, sell. Okay, where do you see Realmuto finishing? I think I have him seventh. Six, he, he will be in the second half of the, of the top ten catchers. I have him in uh, right around the same range. And it's worth Which, noting that when Prado's been in the lineup, he has not been batting second. Realmuto has not been batting second. So that hurts a little bit. Eric Callison, buy or sell, Amir Garrett finishes with a 3-5 ERA and 175 strikeouts. Sell. There's no way I'm getting that specific with my predictions. <laughs> you know, someone on Twitter sent us an angry tweet saying that he dropped Amir Garrett for Jarrell Cotton because of us. What? Was that you guys? Because I don't remember ever saying to do that. That doesn't sound like something I would have said. No, I don't I, think so. I would guess it was probably Adam. He views Cotton as the fabric of his life. I I was making a pretty big stink over Amir Garrett after his last start. And uh, that was, I don't remember, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that was a very good one at Pittsburgh. And Yeah, I thought we've been pretty uh yeah. pretty pro Amir Garrett. I'm going to say he finishes bet- with between a 3-5 and a 4, and between 150 and 175 strikeouts, and he's useful throughout the season. Really going out on a limb there. I mean, look, if, if he's a 380 RA guy, just uh-huh. saying, with 170 strikeouts, I don't really think that's that useful. I'm hoping. I'm not for saying better. he's going to be must start all year, but there will be times throughout the year, like right now, when he's must start next week. Well, I, I think that depends. Do we think he's getting 170 strikeouts because he's throwing 150 innings, or do we think he's getting 170 strikeouts because he's throwing 200 innings? Um, somewhere between 150 and 200. Can Garrett, we just move on? Heath is just the worst. Garrett is a two-star pitcher next week. and Must start. Yeah, and and must add if you haven't already. He's 87% owned. Would you rather have uh, Amir Garrett or Luis Severino? I think I would probably go with Severino. Yeah, I, I think I would too. I definitely would in a points league. Right, because Severino can be used as a relief pitcher. Do you and, guys... and that kind of... That might just be a bias towards the guy who throws harder. Uh, yeah, Garrett does not throw all that hard. He's kind of like a 92-mile-per-hour guy, but he is uh, a lefty with a kind of deceiving motion, and he had a great curveball yesterday. He throws a good changeup, and he said it, that both those pitches were working for him. I mentioned it last time. If, if Garrett's changeup is not working, it seems like he'll be vulnerable to being hit around, but we haven't seen it so far. There, there's also a lot of whiffs available in that Orioles lineup. Yeah, but there's a lot of righties in that lineup. Chris Davis might have been the only lefty in the lineup yesterday. I think Garrett is going to be really tough against lefties, but mm-hmm. he, he faced some tough righties. Machado, uh, Mark Trumbo, and Trey Mancini, who led off, and uh, he did a great job. So we'll see where this goes, but that was that was exceptional. Now, when you look at Garrett and Severino, and the general question here, sometimes if I'm going with a tiebreaker, forget about the RP eligibility. Let's just say Roto League or whatever. I, I will lean toward National League. How much of an impact is that for you? If I believe two pitchers are exactly the same and their situations are the same, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. but the, you, you would think the Yankees are a better team, so there's there's more opportunities yes. for wins there, better bullpen. Um, so that that could be a tiebreaker the other way. On the other hand, Luis Severino is someone who is – it's not unfair to expect him to have home run issues. That could be an issue in uh, – in the old Yankee Park. Yeah. All right. Well, look, it's exciting. I, I, this is. I watched Garrett last night. He looks pretty good. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to own him right now. Uh, buy or sell? The Cardinals have the best jerseys in baseball. Sell. So. Ooh, man, those birds with the bat. Yeah, it's pretty good. Sometimes they wear like the throwback, like cream-colored uniform. That might be the best uniform in baseball. I knew Heath was going to sell that. Uh, buy or sell from Daniel Cunningham. Actually, he says true or false. <laughs> Matt best Harvey. Fans in baseball for sure. Uh, best what in baseball? Best fans. Best fans. Oh yeah. Oh, much better than Kansas City. Matt Harvey, top twenty-five starting pitcher. True or false? Buy or sell? Sell. Sell. Really? Man, right. like, is this the first time you've heard me talk about Matt Harvey in the last six months? No, I don't know why I, I, <laughs> I acted surprised. 
I, I just have a hard time finding like 25 pitchers I feel confident in, I guess. I want to see who's 25th in your rankings. You feel confident in Harvey? I feel pretty confident in him. I think he's doing really well and only going to get better, only going to gain velocity. I do think he's doing – he's off to a better start than I expected, and I have moved him up in my rankings after each start, I believe, and I have him right around 30th. So it's not that far yeah. off. It's well within the range of possibilities, but if I have to bet on it, I'm selling Okay, yeah. That's like 25th for Heath is Felix Hernandez. 25th for Chris is Jose Quintana. And I think we could all see Harvey being better or worse than those guys. Yep. Yeah. Better uh, or worse. Hot well, takes. But you know what I mean. Like There is a non-zero chance that he uh, would be better or worse. I, I just, are non-zero chance. I've been somewhat encouraged by the results. I still think the process is not super promising. Dave Hartman, buy or sell. Batting third, Mookie Betts will steal less than 15 bases. He has zero attempts, by the way, in 10 games. Bye. Mm. Sell. The one reason I kind of think that is they. this is a team that talked about moving Xander Bogarts down to six so he feels free to run. So they, they clearly are conscious of who is at the plate when you're running. Betts stole 26 bases last year. To project him for less than 15 would be significant. I mean, he'd still be a great player, but it would mean that if you had Mookie Betts and he didn't steal 15 bases, then you've got to consider getting steals somewhere else. And to be fair, he started 12 games batting third last season, did not attempt to steal in those games. Now He stole eight bases in 36 games when he was batting fourth, so I don't know how. Well, that would make sense because there was a difference between Poppy being at the plate and Hanley being at the plate. I guess. But now Hanley's at the plate and not Poppy. So you'd think he'd run. <laughs> I also will say that, so no attempts for bets in 10 games. Last year he had a 17-game stretch and a 13-game stretch without a stolen base attempt. He, oh, was, he finally struck out. Yeah, he did strike out, but he was also incredibly efficient. He stole 26 out of 30 last year. So, all right, all right. So, buy or sell less than 20, Chris? I think that's a little more reasonable. I I could buy that. Okay. All right, guys, big news, big news. Cody Glover and Sean Kelly are going to split save chances. Ooh. Who do you prefer? Who do you prefer in the Nationals bullpen? Okay, so we were talking about this in the office yesterday, and it's like, I think everybody agrees, outside of the Nationals organization at least, that Sean Kelly is the better pitcher. Um, but at every turn where it seemed like Sean Kelly should just be the closer, they have waffled and gone with someone else or hinted very strongly, like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, that he's not going to be the closer. And it's just like there's clearly something here that we're missing. It's the injury thing. They don't want it. They're worried about his workload. He said, I don't believe you get more heavily worked as a closer than you do as a eighth inning guy. I guess the, the idea would be that like, if you're using your closer in a quote unquote traditional manner, you have to have them available for certain op- opportunities. Whereas if it's, if it's not, you can just choose to use them or not. Well, this know, is the dumb yeah. thing about the save stat. Sure, or maybe maybe Sean Kelly will get most of the chances but won't pitch – will probably never pitch three games in a row. And maybe they'll tr- be a little hesitant on back-to-backs. He, he did pitch back-to-backs several times last year. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I really – I'm not sure that we can predict how this is going to turn out, but I think they're oh, no. both worth I, owning. I, I will predict that one of them will be better than the other and get most of the save chances. All right, they, they both got to be on. I was very surprised You're here today. <laughs> I, I was very surprised <laughs> that I got Coda Glover for two dollars in our in our roto league yesterday. Nobody seemed that interested. Um, but you know, maybe I'm just a better fantasy owner than everybody. I don't know. That's probably what it is. Bye. Uh, Carlos Correa is still day to day. Alex Bregman is one appearance away from being shortstop eligible. Would that be a bigger deal than Anthony Rizzo being second base eligible? Not at all. No. What? Really? Alex Bregman's not going to be the number one shortstop. Anthony Rizzo very well could be the number one second base. Yeah, but shortstop is so bad. Shortstop is bad. It would be nice to have the extra flexibility. He would be, I don't know. I'd rank him somewhere between sixth and eighth probably. Would you rather have Bregman or VR if Bregman becomes Bregman. eligible? I'd rather have VR. 
Okay. Uh, Travis Darno left with a wrist contusion. He got it by throwing to second base, and his follow-through hit the bat mm. of the Phillies batter. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Franco. Uh, I don't know. Might have been Altair. Lucas Duda left with a hyperextended elbow. So, I don't know. <laughs> Move Jay Bruce to first. That would make sense. And, of course, Jay Bruce had hip issues in the spring because he was playing first base, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. Just put Michael Conforto at first. Sure. Get that bat in the lineup somewhere. I don't care. I think it was Wilmer Flores who came in yesterday. Even uh, better. Was, was there a lefty on the mound? Well, it was later in the game, and no, I don't think there was. Okay. So Flores came in and played first base yesterday. Carlos Gonzalez left after being hit by a pitch on the hand. X-rays were negative. And the St. Louis Cardinals swept Pittsburgh. Here are two weird things here. The Cardinals swept the Pirates. All three games were 2-1. to one. And every Pirates series, I heard this on the Reds broadcast yesterday, every Pirates series thus far has been a sweep. They've either swept or been swept. Very strange. Here's a new segment, brand new segment called Thames Watch. Eric Thames drew three walks and scored a run yesterday. He now has eight walks to 11 strikeouts. And this has been Thames Watch. I'm Adam Azer. <laughs> Do you see John Lackey kind of implied that Eric Thames might be on steroids? No. That was really great, yeah. He was doing his press conference after the game the other day, and he said, you know, you see him hitting the ball to parts of the park where people usually don't. I think there's there might be something going on there. And then he oh, kind of, like, winked. Wow. wow. What a jerk. Yeah, that's not a very nice thing to say. I'm going to sign off with with uh, my name for every Thames watch, just so you Good. know. kind of Kind of old-fashioned there. All right, Wednesday standouts. Let's talk about Kyle Hendricks. And then we'll talk about uh, Amir Garrett. Well, we talked about Garrett. We'll talk about Vargas. Keiko, launch angle guys, lineup stuff, but but Kyle Hendricks, velocity's down. He says it's mechanical. Joe Madden says because his velocity is down, there's not enough distinction between the fastball and the changeup. But Hendricks gave up four runs and struck out two Brewers and a career high four walks, and he has a 6.19 earn run average. Um, all right, how worried are we here about Kyle Hendricks? I mean, you face a lineup that has Eric Thames, Ryan Braun, and Travis Shaw in it. That's a great point. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> They're right? pretty good. It, it's This was kind of the, the thing with Kyle Hendricks coming into the season is that as good as he's been, or as good as he was last year, I guess, because he is someone who relies so much on pinpoint control and can't overpower hitters, there might be a very slim difference between the really good version of Kyle Hendricks and the not so good version of Kyle Hendricks. It's it's a little how I felt about Aaron Nola is that like at some point you can get away with it, but you're not that far from being really hittable. I I kind of feel the same way about him that I do uh, obviously about Porcello. Um I don't think that Kyle Hendricks is going to be bad this year, but he, he's not going to be close I mean, to as good as he was last year. I, if he's lost 2 miles per hour on his fastball, which is where he's at right now, according to pitch effects. That's pretty huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. He, he's already a, a soft thrower. He's not even a 90-mile-per-hour yeah. fastball guy. He was like bottom five among starters in velocity last year. Yeah, he now has the fourth slowest fastball in baseball, I think, if you don't include R.A. Dickey and Stephen Wright. Yeah. And well, I, would you trade – would you rather have Hendricks or Paxton? Paxton. Paxton, yeah. I, but that's been the case for me for a while. Would you rather have Hendricks or Keichel? I've gone back and forth. I will on probably these guys. be moving Keuchel over Hendricks. I still, yeah. I, I think that I think Hendricks is a good buy low. I got a text this morning from a buddy of mine who's in a ten-team league, and he said Kyle Hendricks was dropped. And he said, "Who should I pick up, Luis Severino or Kyle Hendricks?" And it's like, if that's the way people are viewing Kyle Hendricks, then he's definitely a buy low candidate. Like you have to pick up Hendricks in that case, and. Oh, if he's dropped, absolutely. And you can't put a guy like Severino ahead of him. You can't put a guy like Amir Garrett ahead of Kyle Hendricks, in my opinion. No, no, I'd be, I would offer either of those two guys. I'm really struggling with Severino versus Hendricks. I would probably go with Hendricks, but yeah, I don't know. I'm really struggling with it. I mean, a pitcher has to prove that he can throw a lot of innings, not even 200, like, Severino needs to show that he can throw 120 innings in the majors and be good. He's he hasn't come close to that, so uh, that wouldn't be a struggle for me. I would do that trade instantly. Oh, in a heartbeat. And, okay. Would you rather have, uh, let's say, 
Lance McCullers or Kyle Hendricks? McCullers. McCullers. Really? And I think that that was the case before this. Oh, season. interesting. Well, you gotta you gotta update your rankings, Chris. Maybe. <sighs> okay. Um, Felix Hernandez or Kyle Hendricks? Felix. Hmm. That one's a little closer. I might go Hendricks there. I'm definitely gonna put out some offers for Kyle Hendricks. People are really down on him, it seems. Yeah. 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 I think I think um, Severino Garrett's a good place to start. Maybe see if you could uh, deal Gio Gonzalez for him. I'm gonna I'm gonna write to, today. I'm gonna offer Francisco Liriano for Kyle Hendricks. That's a, a great idea. And Liriano had a good start yesterday. He, he was, left. That was impressive because the Red Sox have not struck out this year. He struck out what six and five and a third. Yeah. And he only pitched five and a third because he gave up a couple singles with one out in the sixth inning, and Liriano got lifted. But Liriano is like seventy-two-ish percent owned. Something you probably want to you probably want to get him in your on your team. Um, other standouts? How about Jason Vargas? How is this happening? Seven scoreless innings with nine strikeouts, no walks. He now has a .44 ERA, two walks, 23 strikeouts in 20 and two-thirds. And, you know, his starts have been, his last two starts, I think, have been against San Francisco and Houston. Neither team strikes out much. Houston actually has the third fewest strikeouts in baseball right now. Um, Heath, what the hell? Jason Vargas. Uh, I, I sent a similar text to Chris. Late last night, uh, I believe it had it had different language, different language, but uh, a bit more coarse, not <laughs> not quite as podcast friendly. Uh, like he's not throwing the ball harder, he's throwing his changeup and getting a lot of whiffs on it. Like you said, twenty nine percent, Chris. Uh, yeah, the second highest whiff rate in baseball for uh, tied with Hyunjin Ryu actually for the highest whiff rate. I don't believe. That you can succeed this way. I mean, you can succeed. I, I guess what I would say is, I don't think Jason Vargas is a brand new pitcher that's going to strike out ten batters per nine. But he's ten percent of the way through his season with a zero four four ERA. The odds are much greater that Jason Vargas is going to have a career year. And I checked to make sure he was owned everywhere last night. Really? He got two starts against the Twins and the White Sox next week. Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Now let's oh, let's be fair. The Twins. The Twins have been much better offensively than we thought, but the White Sox are just dreadful. So. Yeah, the Twins aren't. Just got to hope Byron Buxton's in the lineup. <laughs> Get those four strikeouts. Okay, I mean, look, Vargas has been like a three seventy ERA guy. He's been a big fly ball pitcher. He's been in good parks. But... That's the other thing. He's got he's got a fifty three percent ground ball rate his first three starts. Yeah. So he's getting a ton of ground balls and striking a ton of hitters out when he's never done either in his career. It's really weird. It's and, great. Yeah. And he was good, by the way, in, in 12 innings last year after coming back from Tommy John. 225 ERA. Alright, would you rather have Vargas or, uh, Triggs? Um, Vargas and Roto, yeah, Triggs and points. Okay. The other stand that I was gonna bring up was Josh Reddick. Do you think Josh Reddick is under-owned at 29%? Absolutely. Chris? Sure. Yeah? Sure. Yeah, I, th- I think, especially with him moving into Bregman's spot in the lineup and hitting second for a majority of the time, if, if that lasts all year, I thought he was a sleeper coming into the year, but a sleeper in the sense of he he needs to be owned. <laughs> not, not that we're going to be using him a lot, but if he gets to hit second in that lineup, he's going to be valuable, especially in points leagues. Yeah, Redick is going to sit sometimes against lefties, so that will limit his value, but that doesn't mean he shouldn't be owned in more than 29% of leagues. Here's your stat of the day. It's from ESPN. Stat of the day, Dallas Keuchel has begun the season with four straight starts starts of seven innings and one run or fewer. Pitchers who start out that hot tend to be able to maintain it for a full season. Keuchel is the seventh to have that good of a run to begin a season within the past 25 years. Of the previous six, five of them finished in the top seven in their league in ERA. So based on ESPN stat, Based on history in the last 25 years, Dallas Keuchel is very, very likely to be a top seven ERA guy in the American League. But I want more than that, guys. I said sub three ERA. I said he was going to finish the year with a sub three ERA. I still believe it. Now, I definitely, I definitely feel like you could maybe sell high on him. But if I'm going to sell high on Dallas Keuchel, it's going to be bona fide ace, top ten pitcher. Because I, like I a Jason feel, Vargas. Here's, yeah. the, here's the interesting thing. He has basically just stopped throwing the ball in the strike zone. He's, uh, down, he's, he's down. He's at, down in the zone all, consistently. It's really amazing. He's not in the zone. He's at thirty-one point five percent of his pitches inside the strike zone, according to Pitch Effects. That is 
ludicrously low. Uh, Fangraphs had an article yesterday comparing him to Brad Ziegler. That's that's an interesting comparison because it definitely feels like you can get away doing that when you're uh, like sidearm reliever. It's an interesting test case in whether you can do that as a starter for a full season without having like massive swing and miss stuff like Francisco Liriano. I, I've lowered my uh, season-long Dallas Keuchel ERA projection to 3.3 over a runner. You know, I'm not from here on out go... before the season. I would go under. Okay. He's gonna have a good year. I think year. just like a start ago, we both agreed he was a, a mid three ZRA guy. Yeah, but now he's got, you know, right, twelve percent of his season with a point nine six. So. Yeah, and Keiko has he, look. He has not faced the toughest competition. He's faced Seattle, Kansas City, at Oakland, home against Los Angeles. He's always been, or I think he's always been better at home, and he's had three of four starts at home. Three of the four teams that Keiko has faced are in the bottom nine in runs scored. So I definitely see why you would say, oh, sell high on Keiko. I mean, .96 ERA. He's stranding a ton of runners. It's obviously his luck's going to change a little bit. But, yeah, I I, I don't – I just don't think it's, like, fluky. I don't think he's going to have a bad year. I think Keiko's going to be, like, definitely a top – I'd be shocked if he's not a top 20 pitcher. Hmm? I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, that's a good place to put the over under. I would probably still go over, but that means under because it'd be higher than 20, but lower in the ranking. You're right. I am really bad today. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, in this game, AJ Hinch used Ken Giles in the eighth inning against the best hitters in the order. Um, and then he, he was not a save situation after that. So he went with Will Harris. But Hinch is sticking to that. He's not going to just use Giles in the ninth. He's going to use him when he best sees fit. Uh, hey, listen. That's probably a good sign, right? Given Giles' struggles so far? Yes. He has faith in him. Yeah. Right. Uh, but more importantly, has have you guys used the SeatGeek app and our promo code? Have you used it yet? Our SeatGeek promo code, by the way, that is FANTASY. That'll save you $20 on your first purchase. So are you a SeatGeek user yet? If not, what are you waiting for? This is the only place I go for tickets now, and it's baseball season, so there are so many events to go to, and summer's coming up. It's going to be concert season, and I'm being forced to take my fiancé to a Broadway show, so I can use SeatGeek for all of these things. And with the promo code FANTASY, you can get 20 bucks back after your first SeatGeek purchase, so that's pretty cool. With the SeatGeek app, I can be anywhere, and I'm just a few taps away from finding seats. I've used SeatGeek so many times now because it price compares for me by searching multiple ticket sites, gives me the best value, saves me time, saves me money. Again, to get $20 off your first purchase, download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And I need about... 10 SeatGeek gaps and promo codes before I can really afford Book of Mormon tickets. So, man, Broadway, I mean, Broadway's yeah. expensive, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, my wife and I have tried to go to see Hamilton and it's, uh, it's really hard. Yeah, I thought you saw it. No, no, I had tickets and it just, it fell apart. It was very sad. Like, oh, sorry to hear that. Is it not on Netflix? <laughs> So the, Not quite. The whole thing about Netflix last night was that I tweeted, if Heath is looking for something worse than Fuller House, he should try, what's the name of the show? Something Wexler? Or the movie? The new Adam Sandler movie. Like, oh, I mean. <laughs> I can't. How? Why? Who is letting this happen? Uh, he signed like an eight-picture deal with them. Sandy Wexler, it's called. Stop. Yeah, well, that sounds about I, right. You have no, told me nothing about the quality of the film because most things are worse than Fuller House. <laughs> Dude, what is it that you liked about Fuller House? That show was brutal. What could you not like? What? Please name one thing you liked about Fuller House. There was not one funny joke. Um, I like, I enjoy the acting of Candace Cameron. I enjoyed the appearance of Stephanie. That is the only thing I enjoyed about. S- Stephanie is a great redemption story. <laughs> and I, they make some inside jokes about that. Um, oh. Child actors are just phenomenal. 
Bob Saget looks great. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uncle Jesse's still cool. Hey, they're in I, one episode. All right. Uh, it's probably not in like the top 15 Netflix shows, I would guess. F- so. D or 15? It's not in the top 1500 Netflix shows. <laughs> it's time for the, uh, the launch angle alert. Ryan Zimmerman, 66% owned. He is killing it. He's batting 380 with four home runs, three walks, 11 strikeouts. And Yonder Alonso, 6% owned. He is uh, the number 17 first baseman in points leagues, number 13 in Roto. So maybe Alonso could have a good enough season where he's corner infield relevant for you. Uh, he does sit against lefties, though. And, yeah, I mean, Alonso has not been a good good player. Five straight seasons slugging under 400, but off to a good start. Well, he, now he is. I mean, yesterday he wasn't, but now he homered. So, uh, anyway, um, buying uh, career revivals from Ryan Zimmerman and Yonder Alonso? I actually... I was talking about Ryan Zimmerman as someone that I liked before the season. He's gotten off to a hot start. That's great. I look smart. I would love to sell him because he's actually not really increased his launch angle all that much. He's increased it a little bit. He was at 9.5 degrees last season. He's at 11.4 so far. His average exit velocity is actually down. I just, I, and he said he's not actually trying to hit the ball in the air anymore. He just says he's healthy. That's the thing. Zimmerman said, yeah. None of that stuff matters as much as the fact that I'm finally healthy. Um, I I think that is true to an extent, but at some point he will probably not be healthy, given his track record. And I I would like to sell Ryan Zimmerman if I can. Um, one other launch angle update, Adam. Trevor Story has reached the hallowed ground of a 70% fly ball rate for the year. <laughs> So well, uh, when when you've only put like what eight balls in play, that's you know seventy percent fly ball rate. By the way, I'm I'm not sure that Yonder Alonso has changed his launch angle. I just know Chris had mentioned he, he wanted has. to do it. Okay. Yeah, his launch angle is up to twenty percent, which is really high. Um, I I don't know if if it's that encouraging, like mixed league, but it's something to keep an eye on. All right, and the thing is, like, you say you want to sell Ryan Zimmerman. I get that, but he's only 66% owned, so I think there's, at the same time you could want to sell Ryan Zimmerman, you could also want to add Ryan Zimmerman, because I was totally skeptical. I dismissed it last week, and I'm definitely looking at it thinking, all right, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe he can have a good season. Maybe he can stay healthy at first base like Hanley Ramirez did. Uh, not that he hasn't played first base before. There's uh, just so many first and third basemen. It's hard to get him in the top 40. Of your first third base, your corner infield rankings. Well, I drop, at this point, I drop Goriel for him, even though Goriel is, I guess, heating up a little bit. Would you? Uh, I don't think I probably would. Uh, no? Okay. That's interesting. Right, well, if I'm playing the hot hand, you know. I, I mean, I, I might. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not excited about picking up Ryan Zimmerman. Would you drop Ryan Healy, who's been slumping for Ryan Zimmerman? Sure. I, yeah, that's, uh, kind of feel like that's a sell low, buy high type thing, but, and didn't Zimmerman just have a good game yesterday? I mean, Healy? Or Healy, yeah. Yeah, he did, but they, I mean, they crushed Martin Perez. Like, even Yonder Alonso had a good game yesterday, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's, that's your launch angle. I'm gonna call it the launch angle report, not the launch angle alert. I'm out of Okay. Uh, injuries, news, and notes. Gene Segura is expected back on Tuesday. Logan Forsyth is on the DL with a broken toe. Gregory Polanco, and it's not going to be like a four to six weeks thing. They're thinking more like two or three weeks for Forsyth. Uh, because I love Gregory, Gregory Polanco so much, I want you all to know he was robbed of probably a three-run triple by Matt Carpenter. <laughs> Beautiful play by Carpenter. Good game. Uh, Chase Headley and Starlin Castro both homered. Do you care about the hot starts of Headley and Castro? I care a little more about Castro. I added him in a roto league. Might play him at middle infield next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I don't care all that much. Castro got off to a huge start last year, too. But there's just... Do you guys buy or sell? There's just some Yankee magic this year. Uh, they are <laughs> definitely have the best chance currently of winning the uh, podcast league standings of our favorite teams. But I would still <laughs> pick them to finish third. Third? Yeah, Third. I guess I guess they're probably going to be better than Toronto. No, not in the East. In in the standings of our favorite team. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably take the Yankees over the Marlins. That's interesting. I feel like 
the Braves are probably going to finish last. I'm sorry, Scott. But the we other all three, agree with that. The other three teams. I don't know if Scott does. Marlins, Royals, Yankees. I would expect to be very close in, yeah. in the standings. It's going to be a good race down the stretch. <laughs> it's a race to 78. And none will make the playoffs. Um, Matt Garza is close to returning for Milwaukee. Jason, great. Jason Worth left with a groin injury. Didi Gregorius will begin a rehab assignment on Friday. Devin Mezzarocco should be back soon, and Matt Kemp could be back today. All right, some lineup stuff for you. Adam Frazier was not in the lineup yesterday in the post Starling Marte. Well, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say post. He's coming back. Uh, without Marte. Instead, it was Josh Bell at first, John Jaso in right. And Josh Bell homered, right? Yeah. Yep. And Josh Harrison led off. So there's that lineup thing. Jack Peterson sat against a lefty, and he was dropped for Aaron Judge in our podcast league. Approve the move, yes or no? Uh, I Yeah, I can't really disapprove. Nope. Aaron Judge is everything that we were hoping Jock Peterson could be. Dude, Jake. From, not, he doesn't even strike out. Jake from KC was all about the uh, the hot hands yesterday. He dropped Peterson for Judge. He dropped, well, he dropped Mike Leake for Brett Anderson. That's probably a two-star pitcher thing. He dropped Adrian Gonzalez for Corey Dickerson. And he dropped Andrew Triggs for Miguel Gonzalez in a points league. Interesting. Interesting. He's doing pretty well in that league, right? I don't know. I don't know, but I made a huge mistake in that league that you haven't called me out for yet. And I have to figure out how to fix it. Good. What did you do? See if you can find it. I'm going to give you the next five minutes to see if you can discover the gigantic mistake that I, the commissioner, made in the podcast league. Nothing that I enjoy doing more. It's it's honestly, I'm embarrassed. It's Good. pathetic. I will be. Uh, you guys just talk amongst yourselves. Trey Mancini, 36% owned, led off at Cincinnati. He went one for four with a strikeout. Um, but bad news potentially for Mancini. It does not appear that Seth Smith is guaranteed to go on the DL. They're holding off on that for now. Also, it was a lefty, so we'll see what happens with a righty on the mound. Uh, Chris Jose Martinez, star of spring training for the Cardinals. He stayed in the lineup. He, he played for Gritchick yesterday with Carpenter back in at first base. But Martinez is batting 450. Do you think they're going to try to give Martinez enough at bats to be even NL only relevant? I they just have so many guys. Like they're they've been playing Matt Adams out in the outfield. I, I just I don't know if there's enough opportunity there for him. Okay, that's Jose Martinez. Not yet, but you know maybe something to monitor. And Kyle Schwarber finally sat. But he did enter the game as a pinch hitter and went 0 for 2. I got two guys who are off to good starts. Tell me if you think they are top 10 outfielders. We did not rank them as such going into the year. They were closer to 20. But Christian Yelich already has four home runs and uh, two steals and two attempts. And Chris Davis of the A's, K with a, uh, Chris with a K, is batting 321 with uh, seven home runs, which is tied with Eric Thames for the most in baseball. And I think George Springer as well. Um, so he's off to a great start. And Davis was the number 18 outfielder in points, number 11 in Roto last year. Do you think Yelich and Chris Davis are top 10 outfielders? Probably not. Um, but I think they're both in the 15 to 20 range for sure. Good number twos. All right. You would not take either of them over A.J. Pollock? No. I would still rather have A.J. Pollock. I do think it's very encouraging what Chris Davis is doing just just in case you had your doubts, you know, like he's uh, he's good. He yeah. has always hit the ball hard. He always hits the ball in the air. He is a legitimate power source. It's the batting average that will probably, you know, it's still going to come down, but it could be a liability. You know, he's batting 321. Chris Davis batted 247 last year, and it did not did not hit over 278 in any month last year. So maybe he'll. I don't know. Could could Chris Davis hit 280? Would you be surprised if Chris Davis hit 280? It's within the realm of possibility, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah, I'd still be surprised. I'll say this. If Chris Davis hits 280, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a top 10 outfielder this year. Um, double dongs. Yeah. Double dongs. You find, a, you find the error yet? No, I don't see what it is. I what, mean, what division you are, your... what division are you in? We have divisions? Yeah, what division are you in? Go ahead and take a look. Okay. <laughs> have you found it, Chris? No. I okay. I have not been looking. Just go ahead and check which division you're in. Okay, I'm going to the standings page. Uh, Double Dongs report. Three players hit two home runs yesterday. Bryce Harper, who is the number one hitter in, in fantasy baseball, take that, Eric Thames. 
Dexter Fowler hit his first two. He's batting 183, but he got on the board yesterday, two home runs. And Jay Bruce, number four outfielder in points leagues, number nine in roto. How about seven walks to nine strikeouts for Jay Bruce? He is locked in, batting 309 with six home runs, despite being two for 17 against lefties. Uh, anything to say about Harper, Fowler, or Bruce? Bryce Harper's <laughs> great. <laughs> I found it. What did you do? I don't know. I, I put, I am in the peeps division. Uh, so is Chris. Well, so is, what? Oh, this is the, yes. Okay. So is Scott. Uh-huh. And so are several other owners because there are seven teams in the peeps division. And in Adam's Mountain Dew division, there's only five teams. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but I gotta get, I gotta make <laughs> Does it. Does this like six. determine playoff spots? Yeah, it's supposed to. The division oh. winners are supposed to get. <laughs> I, they're, they're awful. In. I gotta make it six by six, and I went to do that, and it said like, you can't do that without altering standings or something, so I don't know what the hell to do. I declare shenanigans. So you put three of us in one division, in a seven man division, and yourself, yes. with four listeners, and the, not in on purpose. Division. Not what on a, purpose. I always what a split curious it. Curious outcome. I always split it two, two analysts in, in each division, but, uh, oops. I, uh, I messed that up. I might just have to get rid of divisions in that league, but yeah, that was kind of stupid. Um, all right, uh, Bryce Harper, guys, number two hitter and number two fantasy player, like over uh, rest of season behind Mike Trout. I don't have it ranked that way, but yeah. sure, I, yes. it, he's definitely in that mix when he wasn't before the season. Would you if rather have... go back to over a stretch where just nobody throws Bryce Harper strikes for a month again, and we'll see how he reacts to that this time? Yeah. Because Harper mean, Harper had a 266 batting average with 10 home runs, like he's batting 404 right now. But he had 10 home runs, six doubles, and a 1021 OPS in his first 27 games last year. Then he faced the Cubs. They walked him 13 times in four games. <laughs> 13 times in four games, and Harper hit 238 with a 395 slugging percentage the rest of the season. But also, we know he was playing through a shoulder injury. Uh, so, like, if if sometime. I offered if I offered you bets for Harper, what would you do? I'd still probably take it. Take bets. Yeah, uh, I would pass. Like, I, that, there's just no point in making that trade. He would literally pass. Like, he would not respond or acknowledge that he got the offer yeah. or decline it. It would just leave it there until hopefully Bryce Harper got hurt and then accept it real quick. Yeah. Is Jay Bruce a sell high candidate? Definitely. If you can get somebody to buy into it, yeah. What would you get? What would you try to get for him? Um, I would trade Jay Bruce for Jose Bautista. Would you trade Jay Bruce for Jonathan VR? Yep. And I don't even like Jonathan VR that yeah, much. I think yeah, I, I would. All right, three up. Mitch Hanniger. Is he just going to be really awesome, or or is he still a, a good sell high candidate? Uh, we have to get through the end of April before I'm going to decide that Mitch Hanniger is just going to be really awesome. I would, if I could sell Mitch Haniger high, I would also trade him for Jose Bautista. Sure. When I called Mitch Haniger the ultimate sell high candidate, my inspiration for that was Aledmus Diaz. I thought maybe your inspiration was me saying that about Melvin Gordon last year. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I hope it goes a little bit better than that. Um, my inspiration for that was Aledmus Diaz last year. I'm trying to find the, the stat, but Diaz got off to just an amazing start. And then the rest of the season he was good, which is what I think Hanniger will be. But he wasn't, he didn't really come close to, you know, he didn't approximate what, I'm trying to find the damn stats. Uh, he didn't come close to doing what he did at the first, like, uh, month of the season. So that's just kind of how I feel about Hanniger. It's worth noting with Mitch Hanniger that the average exit velocity for Major League Baseball is 87.6 miles per hour, and for Mitch Haniger is 85.3. Um, so not necessarily hitting the ball as hard as he seems to have been. Who would you rather have, Jay Bruce or Mitch Haniger? Mitch Haniger. Yeah, Haniger. Okay. Jay Bruce was an all-star last year, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah, just saying. And he he's another guy that could have been included in that – uh Launch angle report. He's someone who said he was consciously trying to hit more fly balls. He talked to Joey Botto about his approach at the plate. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of narrative people like. 
talking to a good hitter. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Travis Shaw, 65% owned. I just think it's encouraging, Heath, that he slumped a little bit. And now, uh, Shaw homered yesterday. I think he homered in, what, two straight games? Double? I don't know. He's hopefully coming out of it after a nine game stretch of batting 147. He has two homers yeah. and two doubles in his last two games. And I could make the argument that Travis Shaw has even been a little bit unlucky in regards to his 237 batting average. But there are signs that are encouraging and signs that are a little bit questionable. Uh, Shaw has sliced his strikeout rate early in the year. If he strikes out less than 20% of the time, I'd be very pleased with that. Uh, he's hitting 237 because he has a 233 BABIP and he's a 295 BABIP guy over his career. So I'm not as worried about the batting average. But he is not hitting very many fly balls at all. And he's got a 55% ground ball rate. And that's not great. I mean, that he's a he's a hitter with some talents who's ultimately flawed. So that's right. what you would expect. Like he's he's got some good things about his profile, he's got some bad things about his profile. He's not he's not a, a great hitter. But one of the reasons I thought Shaw and Miller Park was such a big deal is because he'd been a forty three percent fly ball rate guy. And generally if you hit that many fly balls in Miller Park, you hit a lot of home runs. He's hit a lot of doubles instead. Last guy I want to talk about is Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar is 20% owned. He went three for four with two steals yesterday. His first two steals of the season. But he's batting leadoff for the worst lineup in baseball, uh, Toronto. And I just think maybe if you're a Marte owner and everybody that we said yesterday is already owned, maybe you can look for Kevin Pillar. Uh, yeah. Seven man rotation. A lot of guys pitched yesterday that were fantasy relevant. Clayton Kershaw was awesome. Zach Greinke was great at San Diego. He's only had like one bad start. That was at the Dodgers. Uh, Rick Porcello gave up three unearned runs in seven innings, so he ended up with seven innings, no earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts at the worst lineup in baseball, Toronto. Felix Hernandez. Alright, we know Felix Hernandez isn't walking guys. He has one walk, 20 strikeouts, and 24 and two thirds. He's given up 33 hits now in 24 and two-thirds after 12 hits yesterday. Uh, Tanaka had a nice start. It was predictable against the White Sox. Garrett Cole, I would say, had his best start of the year with eight strikeouts and six innings against St. Louis, although I think he hit two batters, so the whip was a little high. And Julio Tehran got destroyed by Washington. Uh, anyone you want to highlight here with Kershaw, Granke, Porcello, Felix, Tanaka, Cole, and Tehran? Well, um... Felix Hernandez, the, I believe the Marlins in the first inning had five hits, two outs, and two runs scored by the time he reached his 13th pitch. Wow. So they clearly had a game plan of, we're going to jump on this guy early. He's throwing a lot more pitches inside of the strike zone than he has since very early on in his career, and I'm not necessarily sure that's a great thing for a guy with diminished stuff. Right. Um, so it, it's interesting. His swing rate is way up. Pit batters are being more aggressive against him, and that would explain why his walk rate is down. You got the win. Well, and he settled down a little bit after that first inning. I think they had six hits off him in the, in the first. Okay, and six more throughout the rest of the game. Let's, let's talk about, let's rank these guys, okay? We got Kershaw one, but after that, you know, Who's two? Granky, Porcello, Felix, Tanaka, Garrett Cole, and Tehran. Probably, I would say Cole's probably second for me. I've got Granky and Cole back to back in my rankings. Um, I could listen to an argument for either one of them. Uh, for me, I'll go Tanaka next, who actually is right after Cole, and then Felix. Granky's a tough I'd... one for me. Granky, yeah. you know, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't trust him. That's fair. I mean, he. Well, you could you? have a reason to not trust most of the guys on this. Yeah, list. I don't. I don't know how fair it is to specifically point out that you don't trust Zach Granky because he was bad last year, but before that, he'd been uniformly great. Whereas, like Rick Porcello, had been uniformly. Oh, bad I, I don't trust. I don't trust Porcello. Okay. <laughs> I don't trust him. <laughs> no. That's that's all I wanted to hear. No, I just I um do you trust Tanaka? I do trust Tanaka. I don't know that he has the upside of Well, I don't think this list is like full of upside. So, I actually think Tanaka might be two for me on this list because I think he's the safest. 
He's one after Kershaw. Like, uh, between Granky, Porcello, Felix, Tanaka, Cole, and Tehran, all the troubles that Tanaka had I thought were control-related, and he's just such a good control pitcher. So I, I feel like he's the safest and uh, a very reliable low-end number two, high-end number three starting pitcher. But I would take Keichel over him. So there's Yeah, that. I've got Keichel uh, behind my top four in this list. This is honestly, like, this is a collection of pitchers that I, other than Garrett Cole, that I just did not want to draft. Granky, Porcello, Felix, Tanaka, and, and Tehran. Tehran, yeah. like, Tehran had like two good months last year. They were great, but he also had a lot of bad last year. He's walking They're, a lot of guys. They were all fairly expensive pitchers who yeah. probably didn't have ace upside. That's, yeah, I, I don't think I own a single one of these except for Garrett Cole because I traded for him. And, but I've got we, a lot of but we thought, we thought that Cole had some ace upside, right? Cause Cole was the number eight yeah. starting pitcher in 2015. I think he has ace upside. It's, I don't believe he's as likely to reach it as most pitchers with ace upside, but he does have ace upside. Yeah. And that's, I, I traded him for, uh, I traded Dylan Bundy for him in one of the leagues that we're playing in. And right. I right. feel okay about that. All right. Uh, fringy starting pitchers. Vince Velasquez, Francisco Liriano, Robert Gazelman, Joe Ross, Jordan Zimmerman, and Jason Vargas. Who are your two favorites? Velasquez, Liriano, Gazelman, Joe Ross, Zimmerman, and Jason Vargas. Uh, Ross and Liriano for me, I think. I'd go Ross and Velasquez. Ross, we, I didn't even realize it. Scott and I wrote about Ross and waiver wire on back-to-back days, but he needs to be 100% owned. Yeah, I, I have a half-finished draft in my in our content management system with the headline, Don't Forget About Joe Ross, that I just couldn't get to finish last night. It's too bad. We could have had three pieces on him in two Really days. glad he pitched well <laughs> so that that piece wasn't wasted, even though nobody got to see it. Yeah, I, I wish I would seen a I, – I know it was a good start for Gazelman. It was seven innings and two runs, and then he led a batter on. In the he, the leadoff hitter got on in the eighth. He got lifted, ended up going seven-plus innings and gave up three runs. That run came around to score. Uh, I, I wish it had been a little bit better for him against the Phillies, who I could consider garbage. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman is DTM. Yeah, but if you're wondering why I say Jordan Zimmerman's name weird, it's because he has two N's at the end of his name, which just uh, is crazy. But th- no, I thought it wasn't a fantastic start for Robert Selman. Um, but I liked the way he was pitching, even though he hadn't had good results in the first couple of starts. So. This was a nice thing to see. He didn't get a lot of swinging strikes yesterday. He actually didn't throw his slider much. Um, so that's not what I want to see. I think he needs to throw his slider more than he did. I think he only threw it like eight times yesterday. But this was definitely a relieving start for Robert Gesellman for me. Gazelman. Gazelman. Gazelman, yeah. Hard G. Uh, in the bullpen... Trevor Rosenthal is amazing. Francisco Rodriguez isn't. Neftali Feliz, $3. $3 Neftali Feliz owes me money now. And uh, he was terrible yesterday. But he did pitch. He got an out in the eighth, and then he came on to pitch the ninth, and he gave up a walk-off homer to Addison Russell. Uh, and A.J. Ramos struggled yesterday with three walks in a non-save situation. Six walks and in six innings this year for Ramos. Should we be bear-clawing it or zigglering it right now? I mean... I can't imagine the Marlins have seen A.J. Ramos walk six guys in six innings and been totally shocked. <laughs> right. This is who he is. Yeah, the, the answer is no. Sometimes I ask no, questions not to yet. get no's. Yeah. And in deep leagues, any interest in Yolish Shasin, who has had two good starts at home, pitches for San Diego, or Jesse Hahn? No. Shasin... Uh, in a two-start week with good matchups, could be somebody you stream. But to, as as to as, quote Al, or yes. our good friend Al, you lease Shasin, you don't buy him. <laughs> there you go. And what would Al say about Jesse Hahn? He'd say uh, he he pitches. He's a pitcher. He'd say going going Hahn off my roster. Now he'd do better than that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's more clever than you. Let's do uh, buy or sell part two <laughs> from the. Oh, oh, is he? Because I'm pretty sure he's never been in a league with five owners in one division. And <laughs> that seven is in the pretty other. clever. That was very, uh, very clever. <laughs> Buy or sell part two from Mackenzie Fleming. Anthony Rizzo ends up as the number one second baseman in fantasy. I'll sell, but it's 
I'll sell partially because I think Jose Altuve is still better than him and partially because there's no guarantee he gets second base. So, Rudy Hessman, buy or sell. Kenta Maeda writes the ship and remains a top 30 starting pitcher. Bye. Bye. Oh, okay. Tim Ackery, buy or sell. Justin Upton will be owned in fewer than 60% of leagues by season's end. He will be owned in fewer than 60% of leagues at some point this season because I feel like it happens every year with Justin Upton. So. It could be a big mistake though. Last year he got yep. dropped. I picked him up and he ended up, he finished really strong. So that's just who Justin Upton is. It has been that way for a while. Uh, Jimmy S. Buy or sell Addison Russell finishes ahead of Carlos Correa this year. Sell. I'll sell. Yeah, that's the selliest one yet, I think. And Sam Chilcutt, buy or sell Francisco Lindor, finishes one or two in the shortstop rankings this year. Sell. Whew. Buy. The way he's playing right now, the way the rest of the shortstops are, he's got a good head start. I expect to see Francisco Lindor ahead of Carlos Correa in your trade chart. Well, no. listen, wait, wait, wait. You used to say top two. <laughs> Don't forget about Machado. It's the Machado and, uh, and Seager. And Corey Seager does exist as well. Yeah, but no, I know. Seager and Correa are both off to uh to not super great starts. He's got a nice lead. I'm not saying he'll be better than them moving forward, but 10% of the season's gone. Adam, do we have a second for some quick uh, pop culture trivia? Of course. Then I'm going to try to read emails. 1994. One of the, uh, the ballads of a coming of age tune for me was released. 1994? 94. Tub Thumper? No. <laughs> oh my god, I was playing rock band last weekend and we, we did Tub Thumper. It's fantastic. Is it Tub Thumping or Tub Thumper? Tub if, Thumping. If I give you the, I the name By of Chumba the group, Wumba. Do you think yeah. you can get the song? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Bone Thugs and Harmony? Oh, oh Crossroads. Nope. Uh, cro- no. uh, paper? Nope. They sing that song? Paper? It's the thuggish, ruggish bone. I don't know what that is. What? Yeah, I don't know that one. You guys are terrible. Who sings a song that goes, better get your paper, 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 paper? Is that Bone Thugs? I have no idea. I think it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 we call, it's I, called I, I Resurrection. Mission accomplished with this trivia question. Good for you. That is, uh, really pathetic. Um, there's so much better 90s music than that. I cannot even believe you just went Bone Thugs. On us, but uh, but you did. All right, emails, emails from Nick. Dear Jake, Terry, Charles, and Raymond. Is that? I think that's Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ah, funny show. Great show. Twelve team roto league with weekly lineups. I hear you talk about targeting two star pitchers off the wire every week. Uh, is that really just for points leagues, or should I do that in roto as well? It's much riskier in roto because you're you're risking. These are guys who generally. You don't expect big things from. You're just hoping you get a, a good start or two out of them, and they can really screw up your uh, your ratios. Yes. Um, I think you can kind of look at where you're at in the standings. Not this early in the year, but you get to May and June, and if you are doing much better in WHIP and ERA than you are in wins and Ks, then you have to start considering it. Sure. Yeah, like a guy like... Um... But Hyunjin Ryu has good matchups at San Francisco and home against Philadelphia next week. Like, there's no way I'm risking Ryu in a roto league, but in a points league, maybe I would. Maybe. Okay, next email is from Blake in Santa Barbara. Dear David, Stephen, Graham, and Neil. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yes, sir. No, actually, those are the uh, four members of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Actually, uh, yeah. Obviously. Do you think uh, Brandon Kinsler is good? Will he hold his job and do okay? No. Yes. No to, yes. Yeah, I guess he'll probably hold his job. He'll do okay. This is from Kevin in Syracuse. Hello, Kurt, Chris, and Dave. Nirvana. Yeah, you're on fire, Chris Towers. Oh, these, these are in my wheelhouse. Ten-team categories league. Which are the fu- Actually, no, that is not Nirvana. That is actually uh, the three other members of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, my bad. Oh, they have seven. Yeah. Ten, a lot of harmony. Ten team categories league. Which of the following do you like to continue their strong start? And which would you try to trade now while they still have some value? Irvin Santana, James Paxton, Jason Vargas, Matt Harvey. I would like to sell high on all three except for, or all three who aren't, who are not James Paxton. Can we edit that so I don't sound like an idiot? Uh, no, <laughs> why? Be way, he doesn't have that much time. No, why would we do that? I like it. Was it made perfect sense? There was nothing wrong with it. 
yeah, I believe James Paxton will not have a zero ERA for the season, but I think he will be one of the 18 best starting pitchers in fantasy baseball. Okay. And yeah, Irvin Santana and Vargas, I think, are obvious sell highs. Yeah. Harvey could be some much more controversial. There. Yeah. That's it for today's show. What, what, when is your bias against Poplar Bluff, Missouri going to end? What did I, what, who's from Poplar Bluff, Missouri? Our good friend Damon Davis. Who's who that? emails us all the time and you never respond to his emails. <laughs> That's Dear the guy. Roscoe, Luke, Jesse, and Bo. Um, who is it, Chris? I, I, that that's not. You don't know who that is? Roscoe, Luke, is that, Jesse, and Bo. Is that Bone Thugs? No, that's that's the Dukes of Hazard. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, oh, I never God. watched. Dukes You're of so old, Heath. Ten Team Roto League. Give Braun, Yasmani, Tomas, Kinsler, get Cruz and D Gordon. Braun, Tomas, and Kinsler for Cruz and D Gordon. Um, I like I, that. Yeah, I think that's a that's solid B. It's a B. B. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Damon, and thanks for emailing. That reminds me, tomorrow I'll make an announcement about emails. And we'll talk to you then on Friday's show. Have a great Thursday, everybody. See you.